Blog Talk Radio. It's that time. We have the people. This is Eric from Moana. This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year. I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Line with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And DJ Ruscha. I have a great thighs. It's The Net Live right now. There you go. There it is. Nothing. What happened? Sunderland must have taken his his finger off the off the, the mic. Yeah. For the first time ever, this music gets played at a world championship or an Olympic games. Or any of the major world events for the United States women. It's awesome. Paul Sunderland taping it live. Medal ceremony yesterday in Italy. Congratulations. United States women. Congratulations to the United States women. Unbelievable. That's awesome. Unbelievable. What a run they had in the last two weeks since we last talked to you. When they were taking care of business in round one, they get all the way to the finals and they win over China three sets to one. Unbelievable. Believable. Welcome to the Net Live, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Barnett and DJ Jeremy Roche here in house at the home court. Excited to be back on air for today. We have a show planned for you. We will talk about the Women's World Championships. History was made. We'll have uh, some beach silly season stuff. We have College Volleyball Weekly conference play underway, and yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, our buddy uh, Vinny Lopes will join us. That and much more, but uh, we would be remiss not to start with the Women's World Championships and and what what this what this run means. You know, we had some discussions, Jeremy, you and I, before this started about what the World Championships would mean, the results would mean. Do you remember what I said? Which part? Because <laughs> there are a lot of things that you say, Kevin. But about the results, what what would the results mean? What was I looking for out of the results? What would it mean for Olympic success or, or lack of success? I, I vaguely remember you saying that it would be a big deal if they won. If they won? Yeah. I, I think... But if they didn't, it wasn't a make or break. Like, oh, they didn't win this doesn't mean they're not going to do well in the Olympics. I, didn't, I don't think it's a big deal. Winning this? No, but I'm saying the success at this tournament from a standpoint of what happens in two years. Oh, gotcha. I don't think is a big deal. Now, I'm going to tabulate it here, and we're going to look at it, and we'll have the results for you on winners of world championships. Yeah. 
winner of the Olympic Games two years later. I can tell you for the Italian men, it did not translate in the middle 90s. That said, so two years from now, I don't think it's terribly meaningful as far as a predictor of success. For this team to finally win a major after having three silver medals in their history, yep. also having played for a world championship title one other time, mm-hmm. silver medal, mm-hmm. to, for them to get over the hump and win, for those individual players, for the confidence, for their development as professional athletes, I think it's huge. Oh, without a doubt. Huge. And I think players who have been on this team in the past felt like they won yesterday as well, too. I think you, you take a little piece of that with you. Absolutely. If you're an alum, you take a little piece of it with you. Let's, uh, let's play something else here before we get too far into this. I want to play something else because it's just really cool. Uh, Paul Sunderland on site, hired by the FIVB. He is on site doing the finals by himself. Which, and we'll get to that later because I don't know how, that's don't how, know how you do it. that by yourself. That's how they've done it. Yeah, Paul impressive. does analyst and play-by-play. It's impressive. He loves it. He's good at it. And uh, and he also does some post-match interviews. Has done this for all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. World League Finals. He goes to all these things. <laughs> He's the guy for FIVB. So he gets a chance to interview his former teammate and one of his best friends, Karch Karai, after this victory. You've got to listen carefully to the beginning because you can't see it. But, but listen feel, carefully. And feel free to pull up a photo of Karch right now after the match and look at Karch's pose while listening to this interview. <laughs> so here, give a listen. Paul Sunderland interviewing Karch Karai after the win. With head coach of the United States, Karch Karai. So. Long time. Long time. Tell me about it. 62 years. 50 years of Olympic. No gold. 62 years of world championships. No gold since 1952. We came here to make history. The USA was due. I kept saying, I know we're going to win one of these. I don't know if it's 100 years from now or today. It's a good thing it was today. It was not that it was today. I told the team there's just been this this obstacle, this wall, but I could feel it crack between us and that goal, and that gold, that color, and I could feel it like the Berlin Wall. It was getting, it was cracking and fracturing, and we just had to keep hurling ourselves as a team at that wall until we burst it down. What does it say about your team and the culture you've developed? Tremendous adversity at the end of the fourth set, and you were able to turn that around. That's what we thrive on. We know two years from now, the headwinds will be great. In Rio, Brazil will have the home court advantage. Brazil has won the last two Olympics. Brazil has a great program, great players, great coach. They've ended our last four Olympic campaigns. We love headwinds. Bring them on. I know you never liked it easy. Never. That's what's so beautiful about what this feels like for these players. It is not easy. It's never easy especially for USA, because people love to beat USA. They don't like to see him win a lot. That's okay. We like it that way, too. It's got to be hard to make this better. Congratulations, Karchi. First ever. First ever. First ever. Here they are taking the podium. Ladies stepping up on the podium. 
And all 14 of them, too. Oh, yeah. I feel like the crowd was a little pro-U.S. Captain Krista Deason. Yeah. Holding up the stunning, stunning new trophy. Stunning. And you think they're going to remember this song? Oh, yeah. I think that one's going to live for a little while in them, that, that particular song. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty remarkable thing. And, and you could hear it there at the beginning. A couple of guys, a couple of old friends, nearly in tears. You don't hear Karch like that that often. I mean, I've been around Karch for over a decade on the beach, and he's very—I don't know what the word like, but like mathematical. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, he's, he's very—he's he's very thought process. Robotic. He's thinking, yeah, a little bit, but that's just how—that's how he operates. Is, is he like the guy in the Old Spice commercial? Hey, you want to get out of here? <laughs> so to hear him like that and hear how excited he was, and first of all, it's not like Karch has been coaching this team for 62 years. So it's not like the whole history is of him, you know, not not winning the gold with this team. Right. So him knowing the history of all of that and feeling a major part of it as he is now, I think is uh, it's an amazing thing. And I'm sure it was – I can't imagine the feeling that they're all experiencing today, waking up and thinking about it all over again. Well, they're actually on their way back. They are on their way back from Italy. They will be at LAX, 1.05 p.m., and if you want to go down and greet the team, they are holding an event where you can go down and greet the team, and they are holding a rally reception for the team as they exit the plane. should be incredible. So get out there and do it. LAX, I believe it's going to be Terminal 4. Jeremy, we're going to pull that up here. What airline? Uh, hold on. Let me pull up my... Because I'll tell you. <laughs> let me pull up my email here. And uh, hopefully it's not American at the remote terminal like me yesterday. If it's American, that would be Terminal 4. <laughs> American or U.S. Air would be Terminal 4 at LAX. I'm going to pull it up here because uh, our friends over there at the USA Volleyball... Uh, let's see here. Good radio. Really good radio. Air France Flight 66. There we go. Air France. Tom at the International Terminal. So Terminal 3. Well... Tom Bradley. Yeah. It doesn't really have a number. Correct. Tom Bradley Terminal. It's at the end of LAX. So go there today, 1.05 p.m., and greet the team. Uh, Chris Dedietzen on her birthday gets the world championships. Good for her. She was captain. Had a little image of her holding up the, the trophy, formerly Harmato. Yep. Just married over the, the last uh, few months. But what I didn't realize, maybe I just tuned it out when you were talking about on the show, had had a pretty decent surgery a little less than a year ago on her knee. Yeah, come back from that. I didn't know that. And she's somebody we've talked about on the show for a long time. Mm-hmm. I was in the USA gym, God, it has to be two years ago now, and saw Krista Harmato playing. And I went, man, this girl is really good in the middle. This is a dynamic athlete. And it's good to see her playing at such a high level and kind of delivering all that promise of a couple of years ago. She, she's been a blocking machine for the USA, and uh, and congratulations to her. MVP honors go to Kim Hill of Peeper Dine. Yeah, you're welcome. Peeper Dine, she goes from open tryouts and to February, considered. Open tryouts in February 2013. To get considered for the team. Yeah. To then world championships MVP. Unbelievable. And she deserved it, too. Unbelievable. She, she played really well. Her numbers from this from this match were off the hook. I think it was 15 kills on 22 swings with one error, something close to that. She led the U.S. in decisive title match with 20 points, going 19 on 31 attempts with only one fault. Yeah. She also had 13 digs. And she passed the ball. Yeah. And she passed the ball well. With all of that, 
The scores were 27-25. 25-20, USA up 2 nothing. 16-25, mm-hmm. that fourth set they lose. 26-24 in the fourth. And a raucous celebration after that. I watched the entire match. Um, That's what happens when you have ankle surgery, huh? You could catch correct. Up on your I, was, I was laid up on the couch all weekend. Um, I even, at the beginning of set three, sorry, I called it set. I hate that. hate myself for it. Um, Welcome to Indoor, buddy. Yeah. I thought they were going to win it. I mean, I thought that was it. And then China went on a run. I was like, uh-oh. Not in a, this match is over, but like China was not going away easily. Not that you necessarily expected them to, but they came back and they went on a run. I was like, they, you know, 25-16 is a little bit of a smackdown. That's, and, a, that's a good beat down. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it was a great match. China went on some runs, and then you would hear they'd go in the timeouts, and you hear Karch being like, okay, we knew they were going to do this. Let's just go back and do what we do every single day in the gym. This is an opportunity for us to come back. We're only down whatever. And they did. U.S. goes 11-2. Uh, and two. Who was their other loss? I couldn't remember who. Brazil and Italy. That's right. The Brazilian match came, the loss that came in the second round. Brazil won in straight sets. 25-23, 25-22, 25-21. The U.S. had been on a winning streak from that point. They were at that point undefeated, as was Brazil, I believe, at that point. Five, they were 8-0, lost to Brazil in the second round. Not that big a deal because they knew they were moving on. But a big deal from the standpoint of Brazil beating them again, which they had done in Grand Prix. Now, remember, yeah. this is a team, the United States, that defeated Brazil three times in the USA Cup, only to watch Brazil defeat them, I believe, twice in Grand Prix. And as you heard Karch mention, Brazil has ended the United States Olympic runs the last four times. That's quite the long history. That's not <laughs> sticky think, think they're looking forward to going to Brazil in a couple of years? It's kind of like the United States men in Canada. It's just... Uh, Ooh, Cam Kerr, shots fired. Canada, <laughs> we own you. It's just the way it is. When it matters, we own you. Do you think we own Until Canada more than Brazil owns us? I mean, do you really think Brazil owns us? Well, we haven't. We keep stopping Canada before they even get to the tournament. Yeah, so that's even worse, I think. Yeah, I mean, Brazil stops the USA women in the tournament, yeah. but the USA is in the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canada's at home, yeah. drinking a Labatt's. Yeah. In the third round, the United States and China both needed help in order to get in. Yep. The United States played Italy, and this is a match that I watched some of. I saw a fair amount, two sets of the Italy match. And at that point, they were they had lost the first set 25-23 after leading. Yeah. Late in that set. And then the same thing happened late in set two. They're leading 22-20, only to watch a 5-0 run beat them 25-22. And the stuff that I saw in there reminded me of the Olympic Games. They were going to timeouts. They looked shell-shocked. Home crowd going crazy, of course. Italy playing exceptionally well. Yeah. Taking huge cuts. Yeah. Uh, they were playing some really nice volleyball. But the U.S. looked shell-shocked, and I kept listening to timeouts with Karch Karai, and there was no substantive feedback, no technical feedback, I should say. Substantive is not the right word. Technical feedback going on. I watched probably six timeouts. As in? We're going to do this on the next play. They're going to sit here. This is what's happening. We need to set this player. We need to attack them this way. No technical information at all. Okay. Which disturbed me a little bit, yeah. given how things were going. It was very rah-rah, and maybe that's what they needed in the moment. It didn't work. 
and the U.S. lost. And I thought, God, you know, I, I hadn't seen them play. Obviously, they had, they've been having success. But listen, if you beat Mexico, Kazakhstan, the Netherlands, and Thailand, I don't really care. Good victory against Russia, 34-32 in the first set, 31-30. Uh, in one set that they lost, or 31-29, pardon me, 26-24, a tough-fought match over Russia in that first round. Then you beat Turkey, Bulgaria. Serbia is a good win, although I don't know if Serbia is as good as I feel they ought to be. Yeah. Then you lose to Brazil, and you come into an Italy match, first match of that third round, so you've pretty much you've pretty much won one really good match. Mm-hmm. I'll maybe give you two if Serbia is who I think they are, but I'm not sure about that. They are who they thought they were. Yeah. But you have basically one good victory. Yes, you've been taking care of business, but you have one good victory on the entire tournament. Mm-hmm. And you get dumped by Italy that way. Mm-hmm. So I had my concerns coming out of that match going, oh, you know, what is this team really made of? Where are they really at in this tournament? They went and faced Russia again. And another hard-fought match. The United States wins in four. And they lose a set again, eerily similar to what would happen in the final. They they lose a set 25-15, the third set. They go 19-23 and 23 in the first two, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Another deuce set over Russia. Then they dump with 15. Then they come back and win 25-23. Yeah. So no, nothing if not thrilling with the U.S. So with that, they still needed Italy over Russia mm-hmm. in the next match. Mm-hmm. It happened. Got some help. They got some help. They got in. And then, to their credit, they took out Brazil. Which I was... That was the match I was... Because I feel like Brazil might be in their head a little bit. Yeah. Um, so when they got over that hump, I was really confident about the finals. Now, USAV, the score is listed on your website. Just BJ Evans, if you're listening. No, don't. don't. BJ does a good job, Kevin. She does. October 11th, USA versus Brazil. USA wins 28-18. That's a smashing. You you not only beat them, but you put three extra points on them. <laughs> we, we deserve it. Beat down. <laughs> Suck it, Brazil. 28-18 in the first set. Second set, 29-27. So they win another close set. Mm-hmm. Another just gnarly close set. And then 25-20. Close out Brazil in three straight. Yep. That, that's a huge victory for confidence. Only one better is to come in and beat China, Lang Ping. Jenny Lang Ping, head coach of China now, former head coach of the USA women before the Huma Kutchin era. Yeah, she's a big deal. Yeah, they beat them 27-25, And I think Gnarly. listening, to, watching the match yesterday, listening to the crowd, I feel like they were a little bit pro, somebody's at your door, they were a little pro-U.S., because uh, China had beat Italy. So yeah. I think they were kind of, huh. And the crowd was rocking. They were, it was great. It wasn't Poland, but I was still impressed with the crowds. Oh, yeah. Oh, Kevin. Take a break. Play I'm, some music. Because <laughs> I definitely can't carry this show by myself. Somebody's at Kevin's door, so we're going to go to break. Only the top four teams make it to the championship round. But who will celebrate the ultimate victory at the NCAA Women's Volleyball Championship? Be there up close to take in all the exciting action. Get right back at it. And the best way to see it is to experience it live. Could be a big moment. At the 2014 NCAA Women's Volleyball Championship, December 18th and 20th at Chesapeake Energy Arena in Oklahoma City. Affordable tickets available. Go online at NCAA.com volleyball and reserve your seats today. 
Okay, that's over. Yeah. Really, that was awfully persistent of that delivery person for the payroll report for my own personal business. You don't need to sign for that thing. Sheesh. Anyway, USA Women uh, win some really tough matches. But this this tells me something for the future, or at least for next season. China, Italy, Russia, Brazil, and the United States, they're all pretty close. Because you look at those set scores. Yeah. They're... They are awfully close. You know, the United States leading. They lose to Italy in three, but they're leading and lose 25-23. Then they're leading 22-20. They lose on a 5-0 run. And this is uh, it's going to be interesting with those five teams. could be a very different result for the United States if you have six or seven points swing the other way inside of four or five matches. But I love this from... from the confidence standpoint of this team and these athletes. Kim Hill, 20 points. Krista Dietzen, 15. Seven blocks. Yeah. Seven. Pretty good. <laughs> Fluke Akinrodawa with, uh, with three blocks herself. A couple of aces from Akinrodawa. A couple of aces from Jordan Larson. Burbach. Lots of digs here. Yeah, some, some really... Nice defense. And uh, Alicia Glass named best setter for the tournament. Yep, good for her. Pretty awesome. Um, During that match, I noticed that when they brought in the double sub, which Nicole had to explain to me. um, (laughs) Yeah, they don't have double sub on the beach. Yeah, I know. That momentum shift, and then there there would be no setter occasionally on the floor for like one serve or two. Oh, because they'd do it that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they do it one at a time. But that was a big momentum. Like when Courtney Thompson came in to serve, she that that gave them some momentum and a different look. Um, one of kept, our favorite people. Yeah, that kept China on their toes in that match. They had to adjust. And then, by the way, China has a girl who's still a senior in high school. Yeah. And then another girl who's 19, who Paul, obviously he said he exaggerated, had taken probably a thousand swings in this tournament. <laughs> like they just kept setting her the ball. She sat out of the match. Paul said he thinks it was close to an hour because she was just exhausted and then brought her back. Wow. Yeah. China's been doing that with some athletes lately. Just that's not the first time that's giving, happened. Just keep giving her the ball. Yeah. And now that we've worn you out, you're going to have to sit down for a little while because you are exhausted because <laughs> you cannot jump and or swing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, she probably practiced for three hours before the match it also. Okay. Mm. It's the... Uh, Asian I, way. I will say too, like watching the match yesterday, it's the first time I really got to see it. When you're saying Karch isn't doing a lot of technical stuff, I noticed that Karch was the rah rah when they would come out out of the timeout, and then it was the assistant coach they would cut to, and he'd be Jamie. like, "Yeah, he'd be like, here's what we're gonna do going, coming out of this, and he'd be, we're gonna serve this person, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that." Um, I noticed that a lot as well, mm-hmm. which I found interesting. Well, it's all about what the team needs, of course, and obviously they're they're giving the team what they think they need, and it got them through some tough matches. Got them through some tough sets. Uh, this is, we've been saying this for a long time, an unprecedented level of talent. This goes all the way back to like 11, 2011, mm-hmm. where the amount of talent in this gym is is unreal. Well, we keep saying they could probably field three teams. They could field two inside the top ten. When you have maybe the, inside the top Nicole five. Davis and Hildebrand not suited up because they are on the roster of 14, but you can only have 12, that's, I mean, they could start. Yeah. That's how good they are. On a lot of other teams. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very talented squad. Mm -hmm. So congratulations, USA women. Really unbelievable stuff. 
And uh, good, good dog pile. It was a great celebration. They made number 10 on top 10 Sports Center. Love it. Right behind a fly ball catch on the warning track. Stupid. I, <laughs> ESPN. First of all. Are you kidding me? A fly ball catch, on the, unless it's like the third out of the World Series. He was sliding like, on his knees. It was incredible. That's what he does. He has a mitt. It's a world championship, people. He has a mitt and there's a ball. That's what and, you're supposed to do. And not like the Super Bowl or... The World Series is a, quote, world championship because yeah. the sport's only played here. Yeah. This is an it's actual world championship. 7 billion people on the planet, <laughs> and the United States women are the best 12 or, or best 14 out of that entire 7 billion people. Yeah. Not, you know, the best 60 guys out of 300 million in the United States. Yeah. Of which only 5% have ever played football. So it made number 10. It should be above the fly ball. <laughs> it should probably be above the sack as well. Come on. I'm glad it was on there. It made ABC News. It made a lot of mainstream news places, and that was good to see. I'm glad that volleyball, I mean, it's a shame you have to win a world championship to even get noted. But and what if they had lost? What if they had gotten a silver? You know Do you one, think it, we would have celebrated them. We would, we would have, have yes. for sure. Although we may have to stop celebrating silver medals. We have so many gold hey, players. they got a gold now. We can start <laughs> celebrating that. I will say social media was great yesterday with former players, men and women, beach, indoor, all talking about this, congratulating them. Reed congratulating himself yeah. via Twitter. What? Reed congratulated the men's national team as opposed to the women's national team on Twitter. Did he respond to you? Did you tell him? That was huge. Congratulations to the <laughs> USA men's national team, world champs. Reed, get over yourself. That was awesome. <laughs> Did you tell him? Did he respond? He claims it was Siri. He claims it was spelled correct. Well, if he types that in all the time, of course, Siri's going to just automatically lock that in. You know what that tells you, Reed? You maybe ought to tweet about your counterparts <laughs> over there on the women's national team more. That's so good. Um, By the way, just, just so everyone knows... The men, not world champions, Reed. Correct. They actually Just the women. They actually did not play yesterday, <laughs> just in case anybody's wondering. Um, I like what uh, John Spra said. There's only one thing more powerful than believing you can win, knowing. Congrats to the world champs. Good one. Yeah. Yeah, but, it was good. I was, I was doing ASU-Stanford at the exact same time. So we were on at 11 a.m. Pacific, which is what time this match was happening, so I could not watch it. And I, I wonder, maybe somebody on the chat board can tell us, was it on television? Was it on air Universal, or was it just streaming again? I just streamed it. I don't know about it. Because you don't have Universal. I mean, it, I wonder if I was here, if I, could have, if I could have watched it. But we were following it live on ASU Stanford, so we were updating that score as we went. We knew that they were up 2-0. We went off air after four sets, and I think they were just entering their fourth set in that match. We didn't have a chance to hear that uh, that China had taken it. I checked Twitter when we were done, and it was on. It was delayed on TV. But it's already been shown. Yeah, it was we shown could, a couple hours after the match. We couldn't show it live? Universal? What were we showing? Bass. Bass fishing, probably. What were we showing? Some <laughs> some bike race from Luxembourg? It was probably motocross. <laughs> it was Drink. not. It's not even happening right now. Yeah. It will be this weekend, though, Monster Energy Cup. Uh, the Vegas. replay is online, if you'd like to see it. Okay, so I can go and watch it. Yep. Although, don't look for volleyball. All they have is beach volleyball as yeah. part of their Suck it, Kevin. thing. Yeah. Deal Universal, come on, guys. I love you, but... Beach volleyball. Would you put that? volleyball in there so people can find <laughs> it? You show enough of it. Um, <sighs> back to what John said about the team and what yeah. you were saying earlier. Like, does them winning this mean anything with the Olympics? I don't... I What I think it means for the Olympics is that 
exactly what John said. Now they know they can win. Then you have that confidence going into it. Does that mean they're going to win gold? It doesn't. No, it doesn't mean anything that they're going to win or not win. But I think knowing that, and then also getting that gold in a major championship, I think takes a big weight off of your shoulders. So now you can actually probably start stop thinking about that. Hearing Karch in that interview, he knew all the stats, how many years it's been, all of that stuff. So it's obviously something they have talked about, and it was a goal to get that. Right. Um, so then now you adjust that, and you don't have to be like, oh, are we going to finally win this? Will this be our first goal? It's like, no, we've already won that. We know we can beat any team in the world. Let's go do it again in, in uh, 2016. Yeah, it's a huge – like we said for the men back in 2008 – when they won World League, first World League victory ever. First World League victory in the history of the United States. And that was just before the beginning of the Olympic Games. That was 10 days before yeah. the Olympic Games. That was a cathartic moment. And I think without that victory in World League, the men do not win. They do not win the Olympic Games. I just don't think it happens. I'm going to give you a year-by-year year here. Um, this this is a little bit different because it's further apart. For the women. For the women. And, and it, as it would be for the men because you're talking about world championships, not Grand Prix or World League leading, leading right into the Olympic Games. We have two years to go. Two years is a long time for injuries, mm-hmm. for the ups and downs of any career mm-hmm. as far as success both professionally and and on the national team, all the travel associated with it, all the team dynamics can go bad in two years. Now, it could go even better, but we don't know what the next two years will bring. Correct. But I think you'd rather start off this way than not winning for the two-year run. That's just me, Kevin. Oh, no, 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 absolutely. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I'm looking at the men here. 1962, Soviet Union wins world championships. They are the Olympic medalists two years later. Yep. 66, Czechoslovakia, world champions. Two years later, Soviet Union wins again. That's not the same thing? Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It is one. one. (laughs) All right, so let's, let's look at the correlation here. So that's one and one for yes and no, right? We're gonna we're gonna add this up during a commercial break. I'm gonna go and and put all these together. Yeah, uh, because I'm I, not gonna play born in the USA again because apparently it's about and not pro USA. <laughs> ever again? I will never ever play it again. Come on, ever, ever, never, ever, ever. Well, unless somebody gives me money. You play some John Mellencamp instead, some John Cougar. No, I'm here today, Kevin. So we're gonna play good music. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, spool, spool up something. Okay, we'll be back with more stats, uh, discussion of stuff that doesn't matter. Beach silly season is underway. We'll talk about some partner switches and potential partner switches, what you might see. And we also have College Volleyball Weekly coming up with Vinny. Nice. Right back here on the Net Live. Appreciate you being here. Summer is 
the weather outside the day we met. Blue was the color of skies the day she left. Short was the time we had, it was the best. Cause long was the nights we spent with no rest. I met her on a Friday, she left on a Monday. Wrote me a letter, said she hoped to see me someday. We had a good time, I can't deny that. You could be my sunshine every time you fly back. Yeah, she left in the morning, done without warning. Fun while it lasted, lost in the moment. She played me real good, took me for a ride. Now she's off fun and never playing back to realize. Yeah, she dipped out, smoked on my weed, then she flipped out. Left in my slumber, waited till I passed out. And on my dresser was a paper and her number. I filled it up with grass and I burned it for summer. Now my sweet summer is gone Summertime is gone indeed. Maybe fall is the time for you to order some 6'8 clothing for your friend who is 6'3 or above, for your friend who needs some help dressing casual and looking good. 6'8 Clothing Company is casual clothing designed by a tall man for a tall man. They're out of Seattle. Anyone can make a pair of jeans longer. You don't have to be a genius to figure that out. But what about the little things that tall guys notice? Like the pockets being too small or the fact you can't grip your zipper. These are made for big guys. Dress well, live tall, 6-8-clothingcompany.com. That is 6, the number 8, and then clothingcompany.com. Or you can go to amazon.com and order. You put in TNL10, you get 10% off. They're also doing their first ever 50% off sale on some of their stuff right now. Get over to 6-8-clothingcompany.com and claim yours for your friend, for your relative, for your spouse, whomever you know that is 6'3 or above that needs some X. L T L T X L X T that would be extra large, extra tall. For those of you that are built like giraffes, you know, you need to have some of that extra length. I actually got a nice compliment on my shirt but this past looking week. Good today, Kevin. Friend of mine, I went up, she just said, Well, that shirt looks great on you. Said, Where'd you get that? Six eight clothing company. Nice. She didn't even know. There you just go. Just wearing it. 
Got it on right now. We're going to get to hang with them in OKC? Uh, I hope that they're there. I don't know. Uh, I'll well, talk to Mark over there at 6 8. Sweet. We'll see. I uh, did a little math for you here. It took a while. Did a little math. Now, this is the correlation between world champions. Somehow I have a lot more women's than men's. Doesn't make any sense. No, I don't. Uh, world championship success and Olympic success. So, world championship gold. Mm-hmm. Does that translate into world or pardon me, world championship gold, does that translate into Olympic gold? Mm-hmm. On the men's side, we're looking at 13 combined events. Since we, we have to go back for the Olympic Games, we can only go back so far. We can only go back to 1964 in Tokyo. For world championships, you can actually go back to 52. So there are actually three world championships before you get to the era of the Olympic Games as well. 13 events for the men Five times the world champion has two years later been crowned Olympic champion. Eight times they have not. So less than 50-50 chance. Less than the flip of a coin. On the women's side, it's a little closer, a lot closer. Six to seven. So six for yes. Six times a team has won the world championships and then won the gold medal two years later. Seven times has been no, has been someone else. Now, you could delve a little further into that and say, well, how many times have the runners-up, have you even made the final? And I didn't have time during our break to do that. But I can tell you, at least on the men's side, with Italy, that correlates a couple of times, at least once for Italy, where they they win world championships, but they can't get it done. They're on the podium, in fact, a couple of times after being crowned world champions. Uh, for the for the women's side of the game, Cuba is a team that that added to the stats here because 92, 96, 2000, Cuba three time gold medalist in the Olympic Games. They also won world championships in 94 and 98. So twice Cuba accomplished that double feat. Uh, the United States. I don't know. You have a good shot. I mean, you're talking almost 50 50 there. You're probably talking. What is it? 60-40, something close to that. Well, I think any, the more often you win major events, the odds are great in your favor of winning the gold. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and for the confidence issue. All the 100%. other things that you can't control, but the confidence issue, knowing you can do it. This is the United States team that it's not like they've come out of nowhere. They've been the number one ranked team in the world. And I believe they are again, if, stretches. I, if I saw that correctly. During stretches over the last, gosh, going all the way back to 2004, when they were winning Grand Prix, mm-hmm. and just could not get it done in the Olympics, because they very similar to us in 2000, the men in 2000, they come to 2004 as a favorite to at least be on the medal stand, yeah, if not win the whole thing, and they take a dump. Yep. And they don't do well at all. I don't even think they made it out of the first out of the the pool play round. I'm not sure they made a quarterfinal. I don't remember. I'd have to look it yeah. up. But but they did not perform nearly to the expectations, just like our team in 2000. And then in 2008, they struggle early on. Mm-hmm. They they don't look that good. Mm-hmm. They overachieve, I think, in 08. They get hot at the right moment. They crush Italy. Or not crush Italy. They beat Italy in the quarterfinal because yeah. they barely get to the quarterfinal. They beat Italy in the quarterfinal, and that was kind of a cathartic moment for them. They go to the semi... 
and they faced a Cuban team that had dismantled them mm-hmm. in pool play. And they beat them three straight. It was unbelievable. Yeah, suck on that. So they really they played well at the right moments to get themselves a silver. Then they arrived four years later, and they are the favorite. They are the number one team. They've been winning Grand Prix. They are, they are by far the best team in that tournament. They can play that tournament. I think they play a tournament ten times. I think the United States women win probably seven. Uh, I, this is going to be weird to say. If we didn't smash Brazil and set number one in the gold medal match, yeah, nine. I feel like we would have won that match. Yeah, I think I, I know that's it, that's weird to say, but it was such. Brazil went to a completely different level after that. They're like, what just happened to us? If it's a twenty-five, twenty-three, a twenty-five, twenty-two, a thirty-one, twenty-eight, yeah, we're winning that for the USA volleyball type scoring. <laughs> yeah, we're we're, we're winning. Thirty-one, twenty-nine would be would be Whatever. actually correct. We'll take it. If it's twenty-eight, eighteen, for instance. Win's a win, Kevin. <laughs> However many points it takes, a win's a win. Okay, bud? Just deal with it. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. It is a different match, and who knows what happens if it's a different match coming out of that first set. But the United States women, I think they win that tournament seven, eight, maybe nine times if mm-hmm. you play it. Unfortunately, you play it once, Brazil does what they do, and, yeah. and they won. Uh, and now... But we celebrated you on the net live. Two years out... Uh, you know, there's so many close. I don't think you can say the United States is the gold medal favorite because if you look at the stats, it's 50 50. Mm-hmm. If you look at the scores between United States, Russia, United States, Brazil, United States, Italy, yeah. United States, China, there's so many do sets in there. I think you put them in that, in that A group, that group of five, that four of whom will arrive in the semifinal and who knows what happens. We Unless have, you run into another team in the quarters, and who knows how the tournament plays out. All the other podcasts around the world right now today that are talking about volleyball indoor, uh-huh. all, all, all of them, all them. nine, all whatever, each country has one, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> There's probably an Italian one. USA has to be in the talk for the favorite of the Olympics in two years. I, I don't know if I can call him favorite. Can you call him favorite on a 50-50 bet? Not so saying you're the, the not coin, saying the favorite. They have to be in the talk. They have to be a favorite. The, yes. Yeah. yeah I'll yeah, give yeah, you a favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'll give you a favorite. Okay. The favorite would mean like you're flipping a coin. And you say, well, Heads is obviously the favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Given history. Yeah. Uh, I I'm very positive. I'm very bullish on the talent in the USA gym. I'm very bullish on the direction of that team. On even the potential mm-hmm. to improve. Uh, on that team, I think they have a long ways to go. They're not maxed out. It's not a bunch of veterans hoping to hang on. Correct. I, I'm bullish on their chances. So congratulations, United States women, on your victory. It's uh, remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. Fun to watch. Great to see. Congratulations to head coach Karch Karai and his entire staff on directing their team to a win. We are, as of October 2014, the number one ranked team in the world. Good, because I'm so sick of the world champion not being yeah. number one. We're one. Or the Brazil, Olympic champion not being number Brazil one. Brazil two, China three. Okay. Japan four, Italy five. All right. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good group up top there. That's a really competitive group. It's going to make for a very interesting next couple of seasons as World Cup comes around next year. Mm-hmm. Looking for first opportunity to qualify. Who's third? Russia, you said? China's three. Oh, China. Russia okay. is not in the... They're in the top 10. Okay. USA, Brazil, China. Yeah. Japan. Japan. Italy. Yeah, Japan's still hanging on there. I don't know. 
I don't think I'm ready. I don't think I don't think Japan is deep enough to compete with these other teams who are pretty good. Italy looked looks dangerous. Italy is another one with some really good potential. Is Brazil an older team? And by older, I mean like not currently at the moment, but in a couple years, will they be like they're not necessarily a young team coming up. They're already that team that has come up. Will they be? Will that be something to factor in in the Olympics? I'd put them right in the same boat as the United States. They had some players who were meaningful. Yeah. Like a Logan Tom. Yeah. Like a Heather Bound. Yeah. Who are now gone. Yeah, but they had players to plug those holes who have played to that level and better. Gotcha. So, yeah, I, I think they're they look a lot like the United States. I don't think either of those teams are going to be dramatically different in a couple of years. Gotcha. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. We had uh, we had two weeks off here, Jeremy. Yep. Uh, from this show, but I did not have two weeks off. No, just because we're not here doesn't mean we're not doing anything. Yeah, from life, I had a lot of <laughs> volleyball going on, including this last week where I did both WCC. <laughs> Are you saying you get a chance to take life off the last two weeks? I've not, I've not taken life off. <laughs> I had WCC volleyball, West uh, Coast Conference, yep. as well as Pac-12. Mm-hmm. So I had an opportunity to, to see both. Yeah. Is it 11? No. Okay. 619? Yep. I don't know. You want to try it? Why not? <laughs> Who's calling in from San Diego? Who's calling in from San Diego? 619. I'm just listening, Barney. This is Ojan. Oh, yeah. Nice. All right, Ojan. Keep <laughs> listening, then. We'll put you back on hold. Okay. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, we got to try that sometimes. But uh, I had WCC Impact 12. Yep. I saw St. Mary's. Went to St. Mary's for the first time. And? Cool campus. Yeah. Kind of a, a hill. Very well, isolated. So is Pepper Dine. Yeah, it, it reminded me of Pepper Dine. Okay. As far as its isolation goes, beautiful campus. Uh, but I had them taking on USD, USD won, although St. Mary's put up a good fight. Rob Browning, USA alum, head coach there, and hard to believe he's been there for a decade. I also had Pac-12. I had number one Stanford mm-hmm. taking on number 18 ASU. Mm-hmm. Stanford won in four, but lost the first set for only the second time this year, 25-18. ASU came out on fire. Wow. The devil's on fire in the desert. What are you saying prior to the show we were talking like this was your first time to the Phoenix area? For volleyball, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been to Phoenix for Supercross. Drink. But I have not been there for volleyball. Yeah. Even though I've covered probably a dozen ASU matches in the last few years, I've always had them away. Yeah. I've had them in Tucson oh, okay. or in Utah yeah, yeah, or yeah. in Colorado or so wherever. So this time you get to go to their campus, which is a hop, skip, and jump from the airport. Uh, yeah. Yep. Right next to the airport. Yeah. Now, I, I had these two trips, and there was some interesting stuff that happened. But let's <laughs> let's talk about rental cars first. Oh, boy. This is hashtag announcer problems. Yeah. I show up to Oakland. What's Oakland's reputation right now? Well, or for the last 50 years. You're going to get beat up by somebody. Okay. It's just bad, right? Yeah. Kind of crappy. Mm-hmm. Oakland, kind of crappy. Yeah. San Francisco, shiny, Kind of like the Raiders fans that were throwing eggs at the San Diego Chargers bus this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Just... Anyways, continue. So that's Oakland, right? I've flown in Oakland a couple of times. So I fly in. I go to National Rent-A-Car, where I am an, an executive. I'm not Emerald Club. I'm Emerald Club executive. Thank you very much. Ooh. But I'm not VIP yet. I don't have enough rental days for VIP. So I can't, I can't get the convertible Porsche yet. Yet. I do try and talk my way into it, but it hasn't worked. I do occasionally get convertible Mustangs and things. Do they look at you and you're like, sir, you can't fit into a convertible? <laughs> exactly. I'll just put the top down. It's raining, sir. doesn't matter. <laughs> 
So I show up to Oakland. I walk down the executive aisle. Normally contains Toyota Avalons, pimped out Maximas, Tahoes, which is what I had in Tucson the week mm-hmm. before, a nice fully loaded Tahoe. Because that's what you need by yourself. Yeah, but beautiful, beautiful vehicle, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. I get a chance to test drive new vehicles and decide if I want to buy mm-hmm. them. I walk into Oakland. I walk out. There are people everywhere, first of all. There's like 20 people scattering around trying to find cars. There's about 10 cars. I look down the executive aisle. There are two Dodge minivans. Yes. And I don't mean like... Not the cool pimped out minivans. Not the one my mom had that was teal in the 90s and had everything in it. Wood paneling. Yeah, not cool. I'm talking about a stripped down delivery level minivan. Nice. No automatic climate control, no phone options, no nothing. Right? Normal stuff on a, quote, executive car. Yeah. Again, hashtag announcer problems. First world problems. So I'm walking towards said minivan because that's all he got. And I look at the manager. I'm like, minivans? Really? And he goes, it's a minivan kind of day, man. Nice. To which I said, dude, I was having a lot better day than a minivan to this point. (laughs) But it's about to get worse. Yeah. I get in the minivan and I'm laughing. It's hilarious to me. Whatever. Yeah. I, I rent cars all the time. Who cares? It's a minivan. It'll get me around. So I'm pulling out my minivan. I hand her my license and the little card at the booth. They hand it back. I throw it at the center console, and I zoom out. I, like, squeal the tires of the minivan on the way out of the Yeah, because you can. So front-wheel drive burnout, much like that school's out for summer commercial, where wouldn't it be great if everything was like school, mm-hmm. one of the great commercials ever. So I squeal out of there, and I drive off to Danville, which is 45-minute drive. Get to Danville, get out my car. I think I grabbed my license, not sure. At my friend's work, a tech campus up there, work for a company called Workday. And I'm at a tech campus, so I, I'm texting this and that, hey, I'm here, whatever. We go, we do a tour and have some lunch, all inside the campus. I go to go upstairs to see her work. They ask for my ID, not in my wallet. Damn it. Oh, burn. I, must, ju- I put it in the center console. Must be in the rental car. I had it. Yeah. No problem. I'll run out and get it right back. Go out and look. Not there. Bitter. Can't find it. Because you needed your ID to get around the office for... So you're not they have to like take it to get a badge. Corporate espionage and stuff. Yeah, so anyway, my devastating good looks get me upstairs anyway. <laughs> it was your 6'8 clothing shirt that got you upstairs, let's be honest. Yeah. It was the Heather Gray. Of course. V-neck. Yep. Perfectly fitting mm-hmm. t-shirt that I'm For wearing. the tall, athletic male in your life. So 6-8 Clothing Company gets me upstairs. Yep, obviously. Gets me to the top level, to the executive boardroom. Mm-hmm. And I do my tour, and I come back down, and I'm wondering, God, where can my license be? So I look at the center console. I actually drive home first. I'm like, it'll turn up. It's here somewhere. It's in my bag. It's wherever. I drive back, get to my friend's house. I look at the center console. It has one of those roll-ups, those roll-backs over the cup holders. Classy. Right. And I look at it and I go, man, if, if you set a card on top of that thing, it could slip It's gone. right back. Even if you didn't open it, it yeah. would just fall right back underneath there. So I rip the center console up because those things come apart. So I take it up. I take it out. And it's got cords hanging off it and stuff. Throw it aside. You know, it's, it's like the end of Alien where they're ripping stuff out of the I love that you're dismantling a rental car. Hell yeah. I'm looking for my license. Mm-hmm. So I then reach underneath the center console where you can't see. And yep. I got my hand in there. Hoping that your hand comes back. Searching around. I feel a card. Yay. I'm a license. genius. 
I'm an absolute genius, and this is going to be a great story. I rescued my driver's license from the center console of this shitty rental van. Yeah, drink. I pull it out. Yeah. Somebody else's license. Somebody else's Costco card. Yes. Had done exactly what I thought my license did. Yeah. Somebody else's Costco card. Actually, uh, Sands Club, not Costco. <sighs> Disappointment. How long until you have to go back to the airport to go through security at two, this point? Two days. Okay. I am, over the next day and a half, I tear apart the center console three times. I do every possible move with a seat in the car you can do. I drive back to my friend's work and search. It is nowhere. And honestly, on this tech campus, like they, if somebody found it, they'd turn it in. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know where this thing has gone. Yeah. It has vanished David Copperfield style yeah. into, the, into the universe. Mm-hmm. It is gone. I go to Men's Warehouse because I forgot to bring a tie because I can't ever remember who wants me to wear a tie, who doesn't want me to wear a tie. Leave one in your rolling bag. I know, but perfect timing because I've been wanting to buy new ties for a while. (laughs) So perfect timing. I got a day. I go to Men's Warehouse. I pick out five new ties. Mm -hmm. They're buy one, get one free, and then 50% off. Great deal. Perfect. Go right now to Men's Warehouse. They're all extra long. I get some nice-looking new neckwear. And the guy says, you know, it's 130 bucks. Can I see your ID? I go, nope, you can't. I don't have it. I lost it. You're just going to have to trust me on this one, my man. Because that's what I'm going to do if I steal somebody's credit card is go to Men's Warehouse and buy $130 worth of ties. I'm going to buy five <laughs> ties on sale with my stolen credit card. Please tell me he didn't sell you the ties. No, he's like, dude, he's like you knew your number for your rewards thing and what, you're, you're good. So, so I buy my ties there. So, but now i got to fly. So I'm looking up like, what do I do? Can I go to the DMV? I'm putting on Facebook the, what the DMV tells you. Yeah. The DMV tells you, and somebody was like, is this a joke? I said, no, it's from their website. Make an appointment. Driver's license renewal work or lost and found is to be done by appointment. So I go to make an appointment. I'm in Oakland. Yeah, I go to make an appointment there. I figured I'll just get it done here. I got a day. Next appointment's three and a half weeks away. Yep, three and a half weeks, DMV. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Yep. So three and a half weeks, that's not going to work. So I try and make an appointment here in San Pedro. I make an appointment in Torrance. Two weeks. Apparently, they're really busy. But you read further, and it says, seek an appointment. In the meantime, when you have not visited the DMV, but you have lost your license, you are, in fact, violating the law, and you can be pulled over and ticketed for driving without a license. Correct. So, you tell me to wait two to three weeks for an appointment, and in the meantime, not drive. Correct, Kevin. Like, that's going to work. If my license had been suspended, sure, I've, I've violated my privilege of driving, and I'm being penalized. Here, I've just lost a card. What year is this that you can't figure out if I'm carrying some other ID like my passport? The cop can't go back to his car, type into his fancy computer that the taxpayers have paid a bazillion dollars for, <laughs> and figure out that, yes, the man has a license, and it is current and stable. Oh. Oh, he's wearing 6 clothing? That's Kevin Barnett. <laughs> so... So anyway, I'm aggravated with that, and I'm thinking, what the hell? So I, I go fly. How early did you get to the airport? I got there about a half an hour earlier than I normally would, like an hour and a half. Because you're just going to go through extra screening. Yeah. They search your bags. They, you know, whatever. They so, probe you. They prod you. All yeah, kinds of things. Yeah. So anyway, I get on the flight. I come home. I go directly to the DMV. I come home, have a quick lunch, go to the DMV midday. Two and a half hours later, I at least have the paper. Hoping not to get pulled over. Yeah. So, anyways, that was my, my adventure. But getting back to the minivan thing with Oakland. <laughs> Oakland. 
you got a reputation. Don't have to put it out there right away when I show up at the rental car place that Oakland kind of sucks. I was in Tucson the week before, had a Tahoe. Mention that. Yeah. I went to Phoenix this weekend, mm-hmm. four days later, mm-hmm. rented a Camaro. Same level of status. Of status. You go to Salt Lake, they have just plain Jane cars. They don't have any sports cars. Yeah. They don't have any nice Tahoes. They have like Kias and mid level Chevys and stuff. But they work. They're fine. They're good enough. Let's get you from point A to point B, Kevin. Yeah, they're okay. You go to San Fran, they have lots of sports cars. That's cool. Different places, it's interesting, the different stock. Yeah. Oakland, minivan. Weren't expecting that minivan. Stripped down, awesome. delivery level, driver's license eating minivan. Was it a manual window? Or did you, was the, it shift, a... the shift was up on the, <laughs> on the dash. Yeah, they did not have... <laughs> you didn't have to roll it down yourself? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Oakland, you've got to change your reputation, guys. You've got to actually make some changes here. No, they actually they are proud suck. of it. They're proud of it. Oakland sucks. I'm sure it has nice parts. I'm sure the hills are nice. By the way, ASU played well. St. Mary's played well. Both teams <laughs> lost. That's it. Where are you off to next? This week, yep. I am home, thankfully. And mm-hmm. both my kids are gone. I've gotten rid of one this morning. Perfect. Five days outdoor education. How is it? What? Yep, five days. What is outdoor education? Going to Morrow Bay with just a bunch of other seventh graders. Cool. Yeah. And they're staying there like he's not coming Camping. home at night? Camping. Good for him. No showers, no plumbing. That That's not cool. Outdoor Ed. He's going to stink so bad when he gets back. When you like... When he gets home, he's gonna like come in the like the gate. No, he's not coming in. I'm gonna hose him. That's what I say. Like as soon as he comes <laughs> in the gate, you're at the front door with the hose, just hosing him down as he walks down the sidewalk. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hit him with the fire hose. Oh yeah. So he's gone. <laughs> now those that remember the surf that was reported here in Southern California, ten to fifteen foot surf, twenty five mm-hmm. feet at the wedge, about a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. destroyed part of Catalina Island, which is where a lot of schools go. Did not know that. Yeah, destroyed a couple of the docks in the areas of Catalina Island. So my younger son could not go to his outdoor ed that was supposed to happen a couple of weeks ago. They had to reschedule for this week. Oh, coincidence. So Wednesday, I will be saying goodbye to my younger son. And Wednesday afternoon, I'll be saying hello to my wife again for the first time in 12 years. And by saying goodbye to your son, you'll pretend that you have a tear. And as soon as he turns the corner, <laughs> you like... Confetti's coming from the ceiling, balloons are falling down, music is raging, there's a disco ball, that's what's happening. Since I drive a Subaru STI, I'll be doing a four-wheel burnout. (laughs) Drifting sideways, smoke everywhere. Awesome. Out of the parking lot. Well, good for you and your wife, Kevin, for having some days to yourselves again. Yeah, so don't come knocking on the door, delivery people, come uh, Thursday afternoon. Leave us alone, okay? (laughs) Plain and simple. Let's take a short break here on the Net Live. You got a little NCAA? I do. I will play right. it again. Yeah, let's play that, and uh, we'll be right back here in the Net Live with College Volleyball Weekly. We'll also talk about beach silly season. Already, partner changes underway. You don't want to miss what's happening. Only the top four teams make it to the championship round. But who will celebrate the ultimate victory at the NCAA Women's Volleyball Championship? Be there up close to take in all the exciting action. Get right back at her. And the best way to see it is to experience it live. Championship December 18th and 20th at Chesapeake Energy Arena in Oklahoma City. Affordable tickets available. Go online at NCAA.com slash volleyball and reserve your seats today.
Individuals, JT's talent, man. Like him or hate him, he's talented. The net live, like us or hate us, we're talented. Deal with it. It's time for college volleyball weekly, Jeremy. I like being in association with an association. Mm-hmm. Fired from my job, by the way. Which one? Bringing somebody else in to do the questions. What are we talking about? That was it. I will not be. Can really get the fired this year. Can really get fired for something that you weren't really hired to do to begin with. Oh, like I got that. hired. They pay you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got That's fired. the problem. You got fired. Then. That's the problem. Yeah, suck it, Cheaper Kevin. options available. Suck it, Kevin. <laughs> Welcome to College of Volleyball Weekly, a recap of what happened in the world of college volleyball and a look forward. We enjoy doing this every single week as we keep up on the women's collegiate season. I don't know, the associative property or the transitive property of volleyball taking a beating as of late. Let's talk to our correspondent, Vinny Lopes, about it. Vinny! Wait for it, Vinny. How's it going, guys? There he is. There he is, Vinny. How you doing, man? Good to hear from you. Thanks for... I am uh, doing good. The transitive property of volleyball. (laughs) If Team A beats Team B and Team B beats Team C, then Team A should beat Team C. It is not working. (laughs) Penn State State loses to Illinois, who previously lost to Ohio State, which means that Ohio State would destroy Penn State. Go. Go. Yes, I think that that's the absolute logic. So I don't know where they are in the rankings right now, but I think the Buckeyes are number one. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, in all seriousness, though, uh, you know, you look at that Illinois victory, I think that this is without a doubt one of the – probably one of the more head-scratching victories we'll see all season. When you talk about – Illinois only won in Happy Valley three times in their program history. They haven't done it in five years. And then just look at that first set. They were down 19-8. to eight and they're able to come back and find a way to win on the road. And that's a that's a signature victory right there for Illinois. And, you know, that's potentially one that you can look at come NCAA tournament time. That might be a big enough signature victory that can give them one of the top 16 seeds in the tournament field. Yeah, I mean, the significance of having a top 16 seed, it gives you what advantage for those that don't know? Well, the big thing is it's going to give you home court advantage throughout the first and second round, So, assuming that you make it that far. So you want to get one of those top 16 seeds. You're not having to travel. You're able to stay in your place for at least the first two rounds. All right, other matches happening around here. here was, this was a surprise to me, was CSUN over Hawaii. Now, CSUN had probably their best year in the last 10 last season. They seem to have carried that momentum. Yeah, they really carried that momentum. And, you know, to Hawaii's credit, they were walking into an absolute buzzsaw that that Friday night when they were going to play CSUN. You're talking about going into the – or you're talking about going to CSUN's first home match of the season 
how crazy is that? We're in October, and this was their first home match playing the newly renovated Matadome on that blacktop surface that they have out there. And CSUN just rolled them impressively. And the thing that stands out to me there is they didn't even have their starting setter in the lineup in that victory. Right. They wound up going with the freshman Lauren Contain, and she was able to step up big play well. And I'll tell you, CSUN, you know, that's a team that I really think is has surprised a lot of people. They're in the rankings. I think that they're just going to continue to move up. And then you talk about Hawaii, really a rough weekend for them right now. You know, not only did they lose to CSUN, but they lost to Long Beach State. And now it kind of gets a little dicey for Hawaii when we talk about kind of wanting to get one of those top 16 seeds so you're able to host the first two rounds. Hawaii entered this weekend before those two losses at number 17 in the RPI. So you figure those two losses are going to drop them. And they only have 10 matches left, but only two of those matches are against teams who are in the top 100 of the RPI. So can Hawaii still win enough to potentially potentially get a top 16 seed? There is that possibility. But it's becoming a little bit dicey now. So we might see Hawaii have to open up the NCAA tournament on the road, which is something we haven't seen in a little bit. Yeah, well, they can uh, they can get some plane tickets and stock up on guava juice <laughs> before they leave the islands. It'll be just fine. <laughs> I'm wondering, CSUN with that blacktop service, are they sponsored by Reebok? Do we need to get them some street ball shoes to go with that? <laughs> you know, I, I, I think so. I think we need to at least hook them up or something with that, or you know, at least get Geeter there to MC one of their matches. Man, it's not easy to travel to the Valley this time yeah. of year. It's like 165 <laughs> degrees in, inside the Matadome. Hey, uh, Stanford, number one team in the nation, went down to the Arizona schools this past week. They come out with a pair of 3-1 victories. But uh, but hard fought. I mean, Arizona was right there. They were on the cusp of really having a shot, as was Arizona State. Uh, they had a couple of good moments. If Were it not for a couple of errors and a couple of good Stanford plays to close it out, could have been a very different trip for the Cardinal. Yeah, it could have been really different. And I think that you look at the box scores from these matches, and the things that stood out for me the most is just the balance that Stanford was able to show in both these victories. They had four players with double-digit kills. And, you know, when you have a team with that depth, it's almost like, okay, you're going to take away one player. we got three more. We're going to put the ball away. And that's what Stanford's able to do this entire season. They're able to exploit their opponent weaknesses, and then they're able to come away and get a victory. They're able to use their entire roster to get wins. And you look at them now, they're undefeated. We have about, you know, 10, 12 matches left. With how tough the Pac-12 is, I you never want to say a team's going to go undefeated, but you kind of look at that schedule and you're starting to see, you know, there's maybe only a handful of teams right now in the Pac-12 that can beat them. And one of them that I'm really excited about for a match coming up in a couple of weeks is going to be Washington and Stanford because that's going to be an absolute slugfest because we talk about how well Stanford's playing. Washington is playing equally as good. Yeah, yeah, November 26th, Pac-12 is promoting the heck out of it. Two unbeaten meetings <laughs> for the Pac-12 title. I'll, I'll actually be doing that match with Al Skates up there in Seattle right before Thanksgiving, so I'm looking forward to that match as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a, a good comparison for you here, Vinny, when you're talking about Stanford, just the way you described it. They are a carnival game. Anybody want to guess what <laughs> carnival game Stanford is? If you're the opponent, what are you playing at Chuck E. Cheese? Ooh, Black-a-mole? Jeremy wins it. Look at you know you didn't even have a chance to Twitter because I know you didn't watch my broadcast where I said it. Did not. You're welcome, everybody. Stanford is like whack-a-mole. Like Ajanaku pops up, you smash her on the head, and then all of a sudden Burgess pops up, you whack her on the head. Then it's Moretta Lutz. That's the giant one coming up out of the middle. You slam that one, 
and then all of a sudden, Ajanaku is back. It's ridiculous. So Stanford is whack-a-mole. We're going to have to get uh, Matt Gardhoff on that, uh, the big tree. <laughs> Ajanaku's head coming up out of there and lots. And, yeah, it's uh, Stanford is definitely a tough, tough team when it comes to uh, how you match up against them. New poll just out. Four unbeatens remain. And, of course, if you're in the top four and you're unbeaten, you remain in the top four. Stanford, Texas, Washington, and Florida State remain. Wisconsin moves up to five. Colorado State moves up to six. Penn State, well, they're down to seven. They're falling precipitously here. We'll see if that continues Penn State or if they're just playing for December. Florida, BYU, Oregon round out your top ten. Then it's North Carolina, Kentucky, Nebraska, Purdue, and Illinois. Arizona, Arizona State, 16 and 17. So, actually, Arizona holds steady, and Arizona State moves up with their performance against the number one team in the nation. Uh, USC at 18, they move up just a little bit on off of the number 20. So Southern Cal may be getting themselves off the deck. UCLA, they lost. They dropped two spots. They lost to Colorado 3-1 yesterday. Texas A&M at 20. Duke, Ohio State, Minnesota, Loyola Marymount, and Kansas State. Loyola Marymount continues to perform well. Long Beach State getting some votes. Northwestern and Colorado as well. Colorado with that victory over UCLA. Now, outside, well, let's stick with the Pac-12 for a second. Washington and Oregon with another matchup that we were really looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, and I'll tell you, Washington came out, and they basically had an absolute block party on Oregon. And you look at both of or- or two of Oregon's big losses in the Pac-12 this season coming to Stanford and Washington, they have just been outblocked massively in both those. And the thing that really jumped out to me in that Washington victory was the fact that it just further showed that Washington is not just a one-person team in Kristen Van Sant. She can have a good offensive night, but she doesn't need to have 20 kills for Washington to get the win. They're able to find ways to beat you. And that block, we've seen it, especially against Wisconsin earlier this season. That is going to that is one of the best blocks in college of, men's volley, or college of women's volleyball. Yeah, there's a freshman up there at Washington that's playing exceptionally well. She was uh, Pac-12 Freshman of the Week. Her name yeah. is escaping me currently. But uh, we will figure that out when that one out. Uh, getting out of the Pac-12, let's talk about Kentucky and Auburn. It sounds like a football game to me or a basketball game. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this was one of those um, SEC matches that I was kind of intrigued to see what would happen because Auburn had a really good start to the their non-conference season, and they've kind of stumbled out of the gate. But the thing that really impressed me with this one was it was an absolute dominant sweep by Kentucky. They took care of business. They actually set a school record for most blocks in a three in a three game match. Looked absolutely impressive. And now you kind of start looking at that SEC. You start seeing who are going to be those teams rising up. And we kind of talk about that big showdown between Stanford and Washington coming up here in a couple of weeks. But also coming up here in a couple of weeks is going to be a equally intriguing game in the SEC between Kentucky and Florida, which I think those are going to kind of be the two teams that are going to be slugging out here towards the end for that SEC title. Nice. Kentucky v. Florida. Yes, Tia Scambre is the name of the player from Washington Freshman out of Dana Hills, who is playing exceptionally well. Thank you, Ojan, who we checked in with briefly earlier, uh, <laughs> listening on here, who texted me. Vinny, what else am I missing from this last week, or what are you looking forward to this next week? You know, for me, what I'm looking forward to this week, and this is kind of one of the intriguing quirks that we're seeing with the um, Big Ten schedule this season, is that they're having many teams are playing the same opponent twice within the same week. So we saw it earlier this week with with Purdue 
going on the road and then playing host to Indiana, they were able to get those two wins. But, you know, it's something that's really difficult for a team to play that same opponent twice in the same week and be able to come away with that sweep. So I'm really interested to see how this plays out. Minnesota has that case coming up this week. So really interested to see there. Continuing on out on the West Coast, a couple of the other matches, and really intrigued to see Stanford to see if they can continue to continue this rise. Same thing with Washington, if they can continue to get the win so we can set up this really fantastic showdown, late season showdown between Stanford and Washington. And then I'll give you the mid-major match you're going to want to watch this week is going to be on Friday night between Ball State and Ohio. Ohio right now is in the top 40 in the RPI. They have a great team. They're looking fantastic, as always. And then Ball State, you know, they kind of stumbled midway through the non-conference season, but they really have turned things around. they got two great outside attackers, or two great middle attackers, and that's going to be a very, very interesting match coming up in Muncie, Indiana, to see which team is able to come away with a victory and really get a big edge to winning that MAC regular season championship. Very good. College Volleyball Weekly, Vinny Lopes. Thanks, man. Check out Vinny Lopes' other stuff on offtheblock.com. Good place to be if you're a fan of volleyball. Vinny, thanks, dude. See you. Thanks, thanks, Kevin. All right, that's it. College Volleyball Weekly. Stanford remains number one and on track for that November 26th matchup with Washington. Should be entertaining, Jeremy. You're, I know you're a fan of indoor volleyball now. Are you a fan all the way down to collegiate indoor volleyball? Or you haven't got, we haven't polluted you to that point yet? Uh, no, I am, Kevin. I, I, like I texted you yesterday after you uh, asked me if I was a fan of indoor now after watching the match. I'm a fan of volleyball in general, Kevin. I know you don't like beach. You don't uh, hate on one half of it like me? Yeah, correct. Yeah. I'm a fan of volleyball. I like it all. <laughs> um, I would have been a really good indoor player if I had the opportunity younger. If you had the opportunity to have taller parents? No, it doesn't matter my height right now, Kevin. I would have been really good, period. That's all you? 5'10". Yeah, libero material, buddy. It's fine. That's all you could be. Jump out of the gym, especially on a hard service. Well, then you'd be just like every other libero. You'd be a fantastic oh, bouncer. Oh, Kevin. You could be like Kid Texera, who's the best bouncer I've ever seen. That's right, J-Ring. Sorry, buddy. Love you, but you're second to Kid Texera. Really? Yeah. All right. Dude, left-handed libero for Brazil for a few years. Whew. Like straight down into the roof, thirty feet high, straight down. Uh, I'm, that's impressive. I don't straighter, need, straighter down than J Ring. I would rather own you off the block than hit a straight down. Just to let you know, I can. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay, Bob Stavertlik. I don't know who that is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Only a gold medalist. Oh, just kidding, Kevin. God. Let's get to beach then. All right, let's talk about the silly season because now is the time for partner changes. A little bit, and there's still some FIVB events. They're just opens. They're not Grand Slam. But people tend to try out a little bit here, don't they? They tend to mix. Correct. We've seen this in years past. Mm-hmm. Um, the women and men were both in uh, China this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, Teal Hunkus and Kendra Van Sweeten got a third. Okay. And our next teams were Lane Carrico and Kim DiCello got a ninth, and Emily Day and Brittany Hochaber got a ninth as well. Um, could Emily and Brittany, could that be a potential partnership? Possibly. Well, what we've been hearing is that Emily and Summer is not happening. Yeah. That's that's, that's the rumor about town. Correct. Um, and, you know, who There's knows? There's disconnect there and who, how they want to play and train. Yeah, and who knows what the off-season will bring. We'll see what happens. Um, I think the biggest – Karen and April will stay together. 
Lauren and Brooke will stay together, minus anybody's injuries being more serious than they are. So then you have Jennifer Fama, who will be coming back off an injury. I think Mm -hmm. that's where the domino effect begins. Whoever she plays with, that will determine other partnership matchups as well. Okay. And I think because Jennifer is one of the best blockers on the beach, she's going to have her pick. So she's the start of that row of dominoes. That would be my guess. Coming off, uh, I don't know why she had to put the photo up on Twitter of her pinky finger part of the bone not being where it needs to be. Did not did not need to see that. <laughs> At least it was the x-ray as opposed to the hand itself. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some pictures of hands themselves. Yeah. Yep. No, I mean, that, that stuff doesn't gross me out. I just don't need to see it. So tell me about the partnership of Day and Ross, because 2013 seemed to be a breakout season. They win an AVP. Yep. Finished second twice, finished third twice. Mm-hmm. Had a really great season. I think it was one of those two where they summer has had all the hype coming out of college, doing really well. M Day's a workhorse. She's kind of built herself. Correct. But I don't think people expected Emily to be as good as she is. Emily's one of the best players in the world. Emily's incredibly athletic and tall. Her younger sister, very athletic as well, not as tall. Laura Day. Yeah, played at Gonzaga. L Day. Yes. Um, so they did. They snuck up on some teams last year, and then this year they did make one finals on the AVP, but did not live up to right. Well, let me let me give you the numbers anybody's there. expectations, but definitely their expectations for sure. That's kind of what I'm getting at because last year six events in the AVP, one win, two seconds, two thirds, mm-hmm. one ninth. Okay. On the FIVB in 2013, eleven events played, one second, one fourth, two fifths. Pretty decent. Well, Good I showing think, I think that fourth, I think that was Long Beach. That was their first. They should have been playing for a medal. Um, they were playing that well. I think that was Long Beach here yeah. last year. That was their first. Really, they're on the stage like, oh, hello. This year, seven AVP events. One second, three-thirds, three-fifths. So you're off, but you're still fairly consistent. But you're off from your, your last year, right? Correct. So Because you have four... Well, you have five podium finishes a year before. You have four this year, but no wins and one fewer second. So you're in third more often. Yeah. On the FIVB, no wins, no seconds, no thirds, no fourths, one fifth, three ninths, and everything else beyond that. Yep. You had six 17th place finishes and one 25th. That is a dramatic fall off from before. Correct. And you also have to... You have to factor in things that Summer was dealing with. This mom passed with away. Mom passing away. Like that is right. that's going to be a factor. I don't care. Yes. How focused you can be, or how much volleyball can be an escape. That's going to be a factor on and off the court. Does the partnership carry forward, based on the results, training environment? I personally think, and this is not coming from me talking to Summer and or Emily about it. I think that they there will be a change in that partnership next year. From what I have heard, I would guess the same thing. Yeah. I don't know where either one will go. Again, I think there have to be good options out there for a change to occur, and who knows what options are there. And it's not like they're they're both really good players, so it's not like they're not going to have options or people aren't going to want to play with them. It's just a matter of, I think like anything, what is the right chemistry? Like this past season, the year before, Brittany and Lauren 
that team combined is a really tall physical team. Mm-hmm. This year, Brittany playing with other partners where Brittany's the taller person that makes them all of a sudden a smaller team. Right. Which is weird because it's not like she's Brittany, I think, is 6'1, 6'2, something like that. But that's, yeah, it's not that big. It's not 6'4. Correct. But yeah. then, you know, so you have, you know, you have those small factors that go into it as well. Um, so I think you'll see a little bit of a, you'll see obviously partner changes, but Fatma is the first domino to go down. However, that, whichever way she goes, Everybody else will follow. All right, Fatma, it's all on you. Yeah, apparently. No you're big deal. You're on notice. First of all, Fatma right now is on Christmas watch, so she's probably not thinking about the season next <laughs> Christmas year. Christmas watch? She loves Christmas. She celebrated 100 days till Christmas. There are Christmas decorations already up in their house. Are you kidding me? Not not in the least. Their house, Fatma and Jeff, Jeff Conover. Oh, yeah. When, Jeff's going to come on soon, and we're going we're gonna to get after it about Will it. Will he be wearing a Santa suit? I hope so. <laughs> in November. I hope so. <laughs> so they're focusing on Christmas right now. And we'll, we'll get to the we'll get to the off season after Christmas. <laughs> but on the men's side, as you pointed out yesterday, Ryan Doherty was that a tweet or was that his Facebook page? Facebook um, tweeted that he will once again be looking for a new partner this off season because Nick Lucena and Theo, also known as Lord Brunner, will be playing together. <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lord Brunner, Lord Brunner, yeah. And not Lord like the Gothic singer from New Zealand, but as in... Correct. Spelled differently. As in the Land Baron, the Co- Monarch. Yes, correct. Yes. Monarch of the region. Yes. So as of the moment, Nick and Theo are playing. But you never know what the offseason goes because we had Nick on the show last year. And he's like, oh, yeah, Theo and I. And then like a week later, he's playing with Ryan. So we'll see how we'll see how, it, how that uh, all goes. Because on the men's side, you're still going to have Phil and Rosie will stay together. Jake and Casey will stay together. What... Where, where does this leave Todd? What's Todd going to do? Is Todd done? Does he want to keep playing? Does anybody want to play with Todd? Slump his shoulders, look at the ground, and walk away? Yes. <laughs> you know, it's got to be... Uh, I think about Todd a lot, actually, watching him play. Really? You think about Todd a I lot? Really, I really do. I, I really do, Kevin. You've had time as of yeah, late with the time boot? as of late. Um, oh, it, Todd. Well, just like that as an athlete. Like, you have been at the top of your game, and then... For whatever reason, age, partnerships, injuries, motivation, whatever. Like you don't, you're not at that level anymore. But you mentally, you feel like I can beat anybody in the world. Right. It's got to be frustrating. Oh, because professor, phys- professor. Because physically, you can still play. Like right now, you mentally are probably you are mentally a way better athlete than you were five years ago. Oh God, I've seen so much more volleyball. That's in what last I'm saying. 10 years. So it's got to be frustrating. If you, can, if you for fix my knees, I could come back and dominate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would I would cut a suave hawk and just take Casey no, Patterson's no. whole shtick away from him. <laughs> I for some reason I doubt that. <laughs> just gonna throw that out there. Seriously doubt that. Um, so I don't know where where that leaves Todd. I don't know what Todd will be doing next year. Congratulations, Casey Patterson, by the way, and the wife. Oh yeah, I believe oh daughter. Yes. Time. Yeah. How about that? Congratulations to uh, Lexi and. Casey. I think he posted like good luck dating her. Yeah, <laughs> I think he said like he has. She has three bodyguards and showed yeah. him and the other two. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, so congratulations to the Patterson family continuing to grow. My question, will she have a Swap Hawk? Because how rad will that be? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, punk rock. Oh, yeah. She's got to listen to the Smiths and English Beat and stuff. Though. No problem. <laughs> I'll start making a mixtape for her now. Yeah, if you're taught, I don't know what to do. I'd well, look. something else to do maybe. I don't know. You could pick up another younger partner, but I don't know how much more talent is out there, assuming that Hayden stays with Triborn. And that continues to work out. Ooh, Matt Gardhoff has a great question 
on on the chat board. If they wanted to play together, would Rogers Dahlhauser be winning gold on FIVB? No. I, I beg to differ. I'm just gonna say no. Why? Just to be a contrarian. Just just to I think the magic is over there. The magic is over for sure. The magic was over at the Olympics. Um but if they could get past that, yes, one hundred first of all Oh man. I was about to say I could win a gold with Phil on the FIVB, but that's not gonna happen. <laughs> but <laughs> you better look for some high yeah, hands, high hands Phil better just roof everybody. So you, better, got, you better figure out that Karch and Lambert deal where you pass and Phil hits. Yeah, Phil, I got I got a nice float serve for you, and I will run down line shots. You better get everything else. <laughs> <laughs> and by run down, you mean you will you will run and stand on the line from the sidelines. Yeah, exactly. After the timeout's over, I'm you will run and stand on the line. Get out of the way when somebody's teeing off on me. I'm just going to run out of the way. Um, so it'll be interesting on the men's side, too, because so if Nick and Theo, so then where does that leave Ryan? Um Will Mayer and Keenan still play together next year? That'd be my, I would assume so. Mm-hmm. And then you have Jake and Casey will stay together, obviously. Phil and Rosie, who had a good year again this year, but not as good as everybody wants them to have. And it ended with Rosie not feeling well. Uh, was Phil. it last year? Phil not feeling well this year. Rosie, yep. Rosie last year, Phil this year. Yep, correct. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, should be interesting. Mm-hmm. The women's, the women's side is more interesting from a standpoint of what's going to happen. Correct. The questions surrounding that. Yep. So we'll keep an eye on that this off season. But like I said, uh, we could announce something today and then it could change by January. Uh, well, or it could change a couple of days from now. That's true. It just depends. It's the beach. You know, you're mm-hmm. at the whim of whatever people want to do. Yeah. And Brazil tried it. Brazil tried to go the other way. They have since gotten rid of that restriction. I guess they're back to letting people choose their own partners and coaches sometimes and stuff. Uh, Gardhoff made a good point too that uh, Theo and Todd got a bronze in Long Beach, so uh, Todd and Phil can still win gold on the beach. In case you're wondering, you think so? One hundred percent. Win gold what once? Sure. Over a season, could they recapture the magic and win a tournament right now? Could they win a I grand? Think that's more realistic. Could they win a Grand Slam? Absolutely. Could they be in more than one finals on the FIVB Grand Sl- Grand Slam tournaments? Absolutely. Probably. Without a doubt. Could they be just as boring as before? Yes. Good. So, so all the magic's not gone. Do you think they know that they were boring? You know, like if you, you ask them, to. like you're like, hey Todd, like you know, you guys were boring to watch. As far as entertainment value, as far as the game itself, if you want to learn the game of volleyball and watch how technically sound both of them are, then it's great. For the entertainment purposes of it, it was not fun. Yeah, there's a, there's two different points there. Correct. And people, oh, you hate Phil and Todd. I don't hate Phil and Todd at all. Um, no, no, no such thing as hating. I do, I do dislike the boringness of their brand, and what it what it wasn't doing for the sport. <laughs> the boringness of their brand. That's let's awesome. let's be honest. We are being honest, and I, I, that's what I'm saying. Slump you... shoulders, looking at the sand, <laughs> and kind of moping around to go back and serve. Yeah, that is not thrilling. There's nothing exciting about that. Correct. It's cool that they're great and. Use the word great is is apt, but God, would it kill you to be exciting too? Just not their game. I, I get it. It's not your thing. I don't. I mean, I didn't smile when I played. So no, the one other people play with joy. I don't play with joy. I play with anger in my heart. You played with the one match that I saw. You were first of all, the entire team had more hair than they have now. Yeah, you that's true. you looked exactly the same. 
Um, but <laughs> you were angry. That's how I played. I know. I mean, like angry, angry. I played. I played pissed off. Yeah. And, and I, that I think is more entertaining than silence. Uh, tell my buddy, who's a really good friend of mine, that to stop calling me right now. He knows I do the net live on Mondays. Stop calling me. Hey, volleyball guy. Yeah. Tune in. You know. Tune yeah. in. If we're good friends, you we're should be listening. Done. You should be listening to the show. Like when I start the show and I get texted seven times in yeah. two minutes. Hey, are we doing the show? I'm doing the show right now. Yeah. <laughs> if by we you mean me, yes. Yes, correct. I am doing yeah. the show right yeah. now. Yeah, I I don't know what's going to happen with uh, – I'm impressed, honestly, with Todd. I'm impressed that Todd is still playing. He's the same age as me or a year older, and Hayden as well. I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with those two men still playing, still performing at the level they are at the age they're at. Fantastic for them. Well, we say it all the time on the show. Like, as an athlete, and you would still be playing today if you could. You play as long as you want to play and physically can play, because once you can't, that's it. Right. As you know. Right, and that's why they always get upset with people for retiring and unretiring. Hey. No, I, I mean, yeah, it may be annoying, like, oh, I'm never, I'm never going to play again. Yeah, no, no, you play as long as you can. Like, people, you know, people ask us because we know Reed. Oh, is Reed going to come back? Yeah, that's his goal. If he does it, awesome. If he can't, you know, that's a bummer. But he, shouldn't he try? If he feels like he wants to keep doing it and physically can as long as he can, you keep doing that until you can't. Where did Patrick Ewing play? New York, Georgetown. You know anything else? What else do I need to know? You don't know, do you? Michael Jordan dunked on him a couple times. He probably would have won a chip if uh, his finger roll would have gone into the basket against Houston. What else do I need to know? Here's my point. Where else did he play? Tell me. Two other teams. Oh, he was in Orlando maybe at one point? That's one. I want to say Houston, but that's not right. No, you're not going to get the other one. I'm not. Franchise doesn't exist anymore. Was it the Bullets? It's the Wizards now, but oh, he was a coach. Doesn't there. exist. Doesn't exist. Seattle. Yeah, they do exist. They're called the Oklahoma City Thunder. He was in Seattle for a year, Orlando for a year, and that was it. Yeah, you just remember him as a Nick. Michael Jordan. You remember him as a Bull. Yeah, he played for the Wizards, but who cares? But that's what I'm saying. Like people, I hate the oh, it's going to taint his legacy. <laughs> Michael Jordan won six NBA championships. If he was still playing today and sucked, Patrick- he still won six times. Patrick Ewing played 15 seasons with the Knicks. He's one of the all-time great centers in the history of the game. Yeah, and if it wasn't for Michael Jordan, he would have a ring. Yeah. And, so, and Akeem Olajuwon. Yeah, and Akeem the Dream, man. He was unbelievable. But, yeah, that's my point. You get to play as long as you can play. Your, quote, legacy, nobody cares. No, Todd is a Olympic gold medalist. And I think some of that, too, maybe some of his bitterness, and this is just me speculating, I don't think those guys get and it's the sport of volleyball itself, they don't get as much or enough recognition for accomplishing what they have. That includes Phil. That includes Dane. That includes Eric Fanoi Moana for winning a freaking gold medal. For having won at the same time Misty and Kerry won, and to watch it mean comparatively to them nothing, right? As far as... As far as media attention. Correct. Some of that's personality-wise, too. Like, Carrie and Misty, a little bit... Misty was on freaking Dancing with the Stars. I would love to have seen Phil on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, but Misty's the competitor. She's not smiley when she plays. Carrie has hammed it up for for that. She has done a good job of building that brand. Yeah, but Misty, after the match is over, will talk to you forever. Like she, yeah, she was and able... Todd are not doing that. They're going that's to the not players' necessarily... I remember Phil talking about being in Costco after... 
the Olympics and winning the gold and being accosted, not in a bad way, but like everybody knowing who it was. First of all, he's six nine, so he stands out. But he's like he was super uncomfortable, didn't like it at all. Like that's just not his personality, right? Which is I, right. I, we're not faulting him. It's no, just true. Yeah, 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 yeah. But again, you're a gold medalist. We, as the media and sports people, should be pumping them up a lot more. Hard to pump up something that's kind of bland. Though. That's my point from earlier. But still, he's six nine. And he won that gold medal match. He was roofing. He doesn't even like his nickname, the Thin Beast. <laughs> well, you just gotta go. Gotta you gotta go with it. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't. He does not like it. I don't like my nickname. I want to play Call of Duty, <laughs> and that's like, fine. Come on. You know what? Then he is entitled to do all of that. Right, but you don't, then you don't reap the benefits on the other side. And the sport, and that's fine too. And it's not like Phil's complaining. Don't get me wrong. No, no, no. I don't no, hear no, either no. one of them saying, "Oh, we should be getting this. We should be getting that." I don't hear that from any. I don't hear that from Eric. I don't hear that from Dane. I don't hear that from any of those guys. I'm not saying that. No, at all. and I don't want to hear it from somebody that knows Phil or tells Phil that NetLife hates you or sucks. Or this. No, no, that's. Not, <laughs> we're just having a discussion about how your personality plays into your own success yeah. outside of your sport. And mm-hmm. for, and for Phil, it's meant that you don't see him in commercials. You don't see him in a variety of other places. You don't see him crossing over into other things. And he is of the same level of player as folks that have gotten a lot more media attention. For sure. And some of that's our sport, too. We just don't get that kind of publicity for our sport. Well, true. But beach volleyball, you've got a pretty good platform right now, especially every four years at the Olympics, to, yep. to make something of it if yep. you were to put yourself out there yep. and make yourself available. That said, he's making a good living. And no doubt. Having uh, this season a very good season again. They had a good season the year before, even if it didn't feel like it. And he's still, I mean, you have to look at Phil and go, is he the top player in the world? He's in that argument, right? Oh, he's in that discussion. Yeah. At, without, I mean, without a doubt. I don't know that he's number one on any given weekend with guys like Alisson or some of the other big guys out there. And you may even have to go big little and divide well, it that way because you can't win without one or the other. You can't win with two bigs. You can't win with two little. Correct. Well, now, too, like, there are guys, and Phil has mentioned this, too, like, there are guys on tour that are now bigger than he is, which I think is a challenge to Phil. So I think yeah, that's actually, for a while he was the guy. <laughs> but I think that's a good thing going into these next Olympics. Like, Phil, there shouldn't be doubters to him, but I believe there are out there, and I think that is motivating to him. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching Phil a few years ago and just watching him go OT everybody and just <laughs> And easily stopping too. that. When Phil hits, he's like the predator. What would be a cut shot for me? Yeah. But it's a straight down angle hit for him at half arm speed swing. Right. Because I'm just hitting over you and I'm gonna hit it to the two foot line about right. a foot in the court just because that's where I can. Like that's an extremely difficult shot for me to hit. Yes. Phil can just he's like ah oh, yeah I'm gonna hit it right there. Exactly. Because I can because I'm taller than you. Yeah. yeah. He's Phil's a marvel. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Jeremy, I'm about done. Monster Energy Cup in Vegas this week. Good beach talk today, Kim. Good job. Yeah, how about that? Uh, check it out if you want on TV. It'll be on Fox Sports 1. Is that a drink comment? What I'll be talking? there live all day. Moto or Super? Super. Okay. Yeah. It's good. It's, what's the it's difference? A, it's what's a the hybrid. Di- what's the difference? Okay. Oh, boy. Sorry. I, sorry. I apologize, everybody. Supercross is in a stadium. I apologize. <laughs> in a stadium. Yes. About one minute lap times. Okay. Motocross. Yeah is what you would think of a more traditional in the hills and so on Okay. in a big course, two-minute lap. Okay. That's the simplicity of it. This one is more of a mix because they go out of the stadium. Yeah. They build a whole section that's a lot like motocross, yeah. and they come back into the stadium. So it's kind of a hybrid deal. Okay. 
But, uh, I thought that was yeah. a lot longer explanation. I could give you No, much, I know. Much I know. The look on your face, I thought we were going into it. They want us to broadcast for five hours. Did your, uh, does your pay reflect five hours? No. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Thanks for being here on the Net Live. We appreciate you spending some time with us. Thanks to Vinny Lopes for chiming in. Once again, congratulations to the women's world champions. Mm-hmm. World champions. First time ever. First time ever. They will be back. 1.05 p.m. today at LAX. That's an Air France flight arriving at the Tom Bradley Terminal. Go and meet them. Throw confetti at them. Throw rice. Throw rice. Throw yourself. Whatever you want to do. Careful. Go and visit them and say congratulations. Remember, though, you're at an airport, so don't do anything foolish. (laughs) You are are on tape, and there are armed officers around. Just keep that in mind. Yeah. Keep that in mind. But congratulations once again to the U.S. women and the staff. Unbelievable. Congratulations to USA Volleyball. For anyone that has been doubting the direction of USA Volleyball, anyone that's been hating on Doug Beal and what that organization is doing, look at where they were 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. Look at where they were. Look at where they are today. And then shut your mouth and say, thank you for the direction of this organization, which has increased its annual revenue, I believe, three or fourfold. Massive. It is a massive increase. Has won repeated gold medals. Taken home their first World League, another World League. Mm -hmm. Taken home a gold medal on the men's side. Taken home two silvers on the women's side in the Olympic Games. Taken home their first ever World Championships on the women's side. And just in this year, won World League and won the world championship with the women. Things are going pretty well at USA Volleyball. If you say otherwise, you're really not looking in honestly at what's been happening for the last 10 or 15 years. You're not giving it an honest view. You're still carrying around baggage from some other time for some other reason because the direction of this organization is nothing but positive right now as far as the results on the court in the growth of juniors and what's happening financially for that organization. So haters, shut your mouth. And kudos to USAV. Good job, USAV. God, did I just say that? You did. Man, I was a... Think about how far you've come in I was a that, fighter. Yeah, think about that. I was a fighter yeah. back to about year 2000. BJ Evans doesn't know what to do right now. I she's, was a soldier. She's confused. I was like the Black Panthers. I was a yeah. soldier, man. Now, just one of the sheep. There you go. Oh, well. Thanks for being here on the Net Live. We appreciate you being here. Next week, we have uh, some interesting discussions. Uh, Brian McDermott will join us, a longtime listener and fan of the show. He has started a recruiting service. We will talk to him mm-hmm. more about that business mm-hmm. and, and his start with that, a very interesting topic. Also working on some Gabrielle Reese. We'll work on some USA Women's National Team reaction as well and get some, some tape runoff for that and hopefully hear from some of those players. I imagine they'll be doing – I imagine they should be doing, BJ – Interviews with the players. Oh, of course. After they get off the plane, some of them have to be going overseas. Something I could air. Yeah, I'm surprised some of them are coming, even coming back. Yeah. But uh, congratulations to the women. Congratulations to Kim Hill, Peeper Dine MVP. Awesome. And uh, you're welcome, BJ. Thanks to Six Eight Clothing Company. Thank you to the NCAA. Thanks to the ABCA for the support of the show. We will be in Oklahoma City, allegedly. Get to take a sun read, pretty. Putting you on blast. And stop tweeting about the men's national team. (laughs) That was great. We'll be back next week with another version of the Net Live. See you soon. Thanks for being here.
only the top four teams make it to the championship round, but who will celebrate the ultimate victory at the NCAA Women's Volleyball Championship? Be there up close to take in all the exciting action. Right back at it. And the best way to see it is to experience it live. Could be a big NCAA Women's Volleyball Championship December 18th and 20th at Chesapeake Energy Arena in Oklahoma City. Affordable tickets available. Go online at NCAA.com slash volleyball and reserve your seats today.